This is the Roar and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. So um, over the last 10 episodes, we've talked about how and why we got, how we got here, why we do what we do, what our relationship is like, what our businesses are, and that sort of thing. Today, I was thinking that maybe we take a practical approach and talk about how do you start a business? What are the nuts and bolts of starting a business? What do you need to do first? And I think, well, first of all, happy 2020, new decade. And I think this is a great way to kind of kick off a new year as we go through the strategic planning for our business, bringing it back down to a very practical level, because there is a lot of information out there, but a lot of it assumes that you already know some stuff. So I think that by breaking it down this way, in a series of podcasts, we're going to be able to help anyone who's interested in business ownership kind of better digest the process and how to do it. We're going to start bringing in speakers. You're going to start hearing from more than just us about their end. And when we build relationships with them, the calculus that goes on on their end, because we've I think we've done, as Sarita said, a very good job of talking about the calculations that go on in our brains about our business. But... We wanted to kind of bring it back full circle and start a series of really breaking down the key components of starting a business. So many times whenever I hear people talk about business, they maybe use an acronym or a term that I'm not familiar with. And in my brain, I automatically go to, well, everybody knows that term but me. Like I've missed some sort of education. That's my own personal insecurities coming out. But even when I bought my first house, and I never, it never occurred to me that 21 years old, 22 years old is very young age to buy a house, but I bought a house at age 22 and it wasn't because I was wealthy. It's just because I went out and I figured out what was available out there and how to get it. And like got in a program in our community that provided some closing cost assistance and that sort of thing. But I remember, and this is one of those things that in hindsight, I can kind of suss out my own insecurities, but I didn't know what the word equity meant. So I just thought, well, ignore that for a while. I'll figure it out, I'm sure. And that's maybe my MO on everything is, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, well, that was kind of silly to not really, I could have just, you know, at that time, got looked it up in a dictionary. But the context for me was weird. I couldn't figure out, I probably could have asked a banker or somebody to explain it to me, but I didn't want to come across as not knowledgeable or dumb. So I think that's our goal here is to kind of infuse some topics that help people break down those barriers that might seem daunting to them to start a business. Like today, I think we're going to talk about business plans. Well, and if you, this is, these are not the kinds of things that you would necessarily learn about in a traditional educational setting. So maybe this is your first career choice of wanting to own a business. Maybe this is a second or a third career choice, but all the way up through high school, even through probably the majority of your gen ed requirements. And I mean, unless you were a business major, probably not even when you started taking your degree specific courses, did you learn about how to start a business from step one to doors open and then three months, six months, a year, five years, 10 years down the road? 
Right. And even if you took a business class in college or high school or at the community center or something, you know, you might still get a little lost in the language and not understanding what the purpose of a business plan is and and how useful it is for you as a business owner. By default, a lot of information that's out there is very general. And I mean, I found this in everything that we've been doing for our business, but also even just things in my personal life that the information out there doesn't necessarily reflect my personal situation. You know, why is my two-year-old waking up at 5 a.m. is not necessarily reflected in a lot of the why does my two-year-old not sleep at all information or why can't I get my two-year-old to bed information. My two-year-old is not waking up eight times a night. She's waking up twice. It is just as frustrating for me But the information out there doesn't specifically reflect my situation. And I feel like a lot of the information out there for business owners either assumes a foundation of knowledge that you don't have or talks so generally that it doesn't relate to any one person's specific idea. So we're going to try and split that baby and kind of do both. Be general enough that it can be applicable to any business, but specific enough to new business ownership that hopefully this is not a wasted 20 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's never never wasted. So, I think we start with what is a business plan? Before I got into business, it was a big mystery to me what a business plan was. I thought it was a very technical document that would, you know, have just solid information in it, but really it's just a roadmap, a guide, and even you can start a business without a business plan. Your business plan can be just a set of notes on the back of a napkin, or you can not have one at all. But I personally think that having a business plan helps you to understand whether or not your numbers work, whether or not your market's good for what you're wanting to do, um, helps you kind of suss out any problems you might face, So basically a roadmap and just like any good roadmap, you know, any good road trip, you need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there. Uh, You can still be free to go see the big ball of string if you want to. However, a map and a plan is usually a good idea. And while you probably could start a business without a business plan, I would argue that it is not advisable. And also it would make it extremely difficult to get any kind of professional or corporate financing unless you have a banker in your family chances are they're going to want and and request something like a business plan, if not exactly a business plan, in order to have confidence that you know what you're doing and that you're not going to take however much money that you're getting from the bank and just fluff it away over right. the course of a year. I mean, just the act of writing it and thinking about the different topics within the business plan helps you know what you're going to be doing. It helps you learn to communicate to others what you're going to be doing. Treat your business plan the way we've treated this podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. So what isn't a good business plan? I think, from my experience, you have an executive statement. You do... what is that executive statement? Okay, well, what is an executive let's not assume, statement? Let's not assume knowledge. No. Someone's, someone is sitting there listening to this going, uh-huh, executive, uh-huh. executive statement. statement. That I know exactly what you mean. So I know each of those words individually, but together in this what context. What does that mean? Yeah. So an executive statement is basically what are you going to be doing? How are you going to be doing it? What is your overall idea? The too long, don't read version of your entire business plan. If yes. all you had, if the entire business plan blew away, mm-hmm. except for your executive statement, that right. should give you the nuts and bolts of everything else that's going to be included. Right. And it kind of introduces to your reader what you are 
what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be talking about. Then you break it down into subcategories. Uh, and this is in no particular order. We'll start with competitive landscape. So you want to explore in your area what does the comp- competition look like? For me, when I started Annie's Doggy Daycare, there were no other doggy daycares, but there was still competition. There was competition in the form of, you know, your brother who watches your dog when you're gone, uh, the neighborhood kid, your vet, some things like that. But there, you know, I didn't have the dog park, s- the dog park yeah, uh, or just locking the dog in the backyard. That also happened. So basically, I, I did some research. And at that time, Google was good. And what people did before that, I guess, phone books. But uh, we Googled how many, there were 21 veterinary clinics in the city of Norman. There were two major pet retailers. There were, you know, what is pet related in our community? There's one dog park. And so in that, I was able to cobble together what I thought my competition would be. And more now, generally, you want to look at whatever whatever your industry is, and see, first of all, are you on the forefront, which we Saria then. was with Annie's. So is this new, a new product to the market? Because it changes what you have to do in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you simply underserved? And, you know, I think coffee is a good example of that, that there is a high concentration of coffee options in the core of our city. But the further you travel west and the further you travel east, there's fewer and fewer options. So that made the decision to buy our coffee business, I think, a little bit easier because Mm -hmm. we knew that if you were coming from the east side of our community, we were the first and in many cases the only coffee option before you got into the core of Norman and probably to your job or to the highway or whatever. So you want to look at your industry and see, are you new? Is it underserved? Or are you disrupting in Mm -hmm. some way and kind of changing the need? in your community. And you were both a disruptor and new to the market. Right. So, and then in your disruption, you know, what's going to make you unique? The other thing that I would say about competition and business plans in general, but competition specifically is revisiting that often. Even if you just go back and reread your business plan to see what you thought your competition was going to be and then adjusting for you know, and keeping that, it's kind of like a resume, I feel like, kind of keep it updated so that if you have a banking need or maybe you sell your business or who knows what you take on a partner, there's lots of reasons why to, to have that uh, updated and ready to go. And I will refer, dear listeners, to our episode on data and why data is important, why it's important to keep it. Because as Sarita, I have it in my notes. I don't know if she's mentioned it yet, but <laughs> the business plan is intended to be a living, working document. Absolutely. It because be that's, how, that's how you help inform yourself in the future. Were your projections accurate? Well, you won't know that if you're not keeping good data. So the next piece of your business plan should be a resume of your owners. Um, what do you bring to the table that's going to make you successful in this proposed business plan? What have you done if you're an existing business and you're just redoing your business plan? What have you done to make yourself valuable in this organization? What might a bank want to look at? Uh, What might a partner might want to look at? And what might somebody say you're doing not doggy daycare, you're consulting or something else? You know, what would be important to your clients? So put that in your business plan, kind of like your resume. Also assets, capital and financial documentation um, that goes in there. Um, All of that is critical to getting any kind of financing. Financing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a marketing plan, even if it's I don't know or, 
you should at least acknowledge that you need a marketing plan and that you will need to get the word out somehow, even if it's a guerrilla type marketing where you're just papering cars with, you know, flyers or whatever that looks like for you. If you have a budget, what you're going to spend your money on, how you're going to to do that. And then, um, and frankly, I would say that that's before you open and after you don't want to do everything so stealthily that you open the doors to no one. I mean, I, I, I don't did. think that I did that. I know that that's what Serena <laughs> did, but that I, I would argue that, you know, looking back that that would not be ideal. That Well, yeah, if I were to do it over again, I probably would spend a little more money on marketing and get those dollars coming in the door faster. Knowing what I know now, Knowing that the dogs were out there waiting, I, when I started, though, I really felt like I didn't want to spend a lot of money on that because I thought, I don't know why I didn't want to do that. Well, I just, and social media wasn't quite as robust as it is today. It's really easy to spend 20 or $30 on Facebook and Instagram marketing mm-hmm. and blast it out and have a huge reach for a couple days. And, you know, back in 2009, it wasn't quite like that. You know, marketing marketing is just easier to access now. And yeah, so I agree with that. being able to build, I remember the first, the first company that I ever recognized as really trying to gin up excitement for their opening in Norman was an ice cream shop, Baked Bear. And it, it's a small chain. I think it's based in California or something, but they were going to be opening in our campus area. And for months, 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 months before they opened, they had these mouthwatering photos of these crazy delicious looking ice cream sandwiches and you'd look them up and it would say coming soon. And you were like, damn it, it is a hundred degrees. I want that freaking ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. So even ginning up that expectation or that excitement uh, could be really helpful. And then of course, after the fact, continuing that marketing so you continue your growth. So something perplexing to me, this has just popped into my head, is whenever there's a new building being built here in Norman, it never says who's moving in there. They never put a sign out. Every now and then some genius will, you know, DQ coming soon or whatever. But I'm like, this is exciting. Why do, Why don't they capitalize on that? I don't know. But I mean, I, there's, I always, been a, there's been a lot of I don't know and, and why some area businesses do what they I do. I love my husband dearly, but he always thinks it's the bank because there'll be a bank sign out. This says which bank is financing it, but it's generally not banks the bank. everywhere. There's so many banks. Anyways, um, so I, I, I mean, I don't we know. We love you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good or bad, I always think, well, they should capitalize on the fact that everybody's curious about what's going in there. So yeah. that seems like that's a free marketing I mean, I am strategy. so excited. We've got we've got something kind of new bubbling. And so I am just waiting till we put the deposit down in order to in start. In our current business. In yeah. our current business it's gonna to be start so telling people about it. Like, I really just want to climb to the top of Annie's and start shouting it from the rooftops. I know, it's going to be fun. But so, I mean, and that's the kind of thing that I don't know why people don't do that. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why Built people line up around the block for new iPhones and new laptops yeah. and Black Friday and some Apple Movie does premiere. it well. So they all do that. And so it does surprise me. Locally, we don't do that. We don't do that. So marketing and kind of step back a minute. I think another reason why to do a business plan is that you can kind of see that, oh, I don't have any dollars or I need to put dollars into my budget for marketing. And in your resume of ownership, if you don't have any social media marketing experience and you feel like you need to, well, maybe that identifies a class you should take at the local whatever. There's lots of classes locally here in Norman, I know, for social media marketing and learn how to learn how to do that. And I would say for all of these things, recognizing your limitations 
even in a business plan is not necessarily a bad thing. No. Because anyone who's looking at that, if they're worth their salt, they're going to be recognizing the pitfalls in your business plan, whether it's a bank looking for financing or an investor or a business partner, they're going to be looking for the red flags. Mm -hmm. And so if you can address some of them in your plan, in your plan, even if it, even if you don't have a perfect solution right now, but recognizing Mm -hmm. a lack of information that you have or an undeveloped skill, putting that in your business plan And affirmatively stating your intent to shore up that dragging thread, Mm -hmm. that will do a lot for you. Don't be afraid to acknowledge the elephants in the room because other people will. And they will. And if you don't include it in your business plan and it looks like maybe you're not aware. So you want to make sure and do that. Um, The really fun one, the one I love, and I love writing business plans. So if you have a business idea and you want me to write your plan, contact me. Projections. So, and it's it's just like you would do your household budget, honestly. It is, what am I going to spend on this, this, and this? How do I think my revenue is coming? You know, what? how fast do I think I'm going to grow? And you do a one-month projection, and then you translate that to a 12-month where you try to predict what you think your pitfalls and your seasonal seasonality might be. And, and with doggy daycare specifically, we... We know now, but I didn't when I wrote my plan. So I just did a smooth 12-month. Everything's going to be exactly the same. I had no idea. And we're, we're dealing with that. Funnily enough, you'd think that having one seasonal business, we would have expected mm-hmm. seasonality with our coffee businesses, but it did kind of surprise and worry us a little bit when the holidays came around. We we're like, why is no one drinking coffee anymore? <laughs> well, because OU, the university had been out for weeks and the public schools had been out and everyone was traveling and... You know, I reached out to, you know, some of the resources that we had, you know, some groups that we were members of, of fellow coffee business owners, and all of them said, that is totally normal. That is absolutely normal. Been doing this for two decades, totally normal. And so you can't just copy that one month times 12 to get your 12 months. You have to, you have to take a look. Is your business seasonal in any way or do people's habits change month to month that might affect your 12 month? Because if you just copy that 12 months all the way across, it's, it's probably not, not going to turn out that out way. Now. And then once you, you feel like you have a good grasp on 12 months, apply some assumptions to a three-year plan and a five-year plan and visit those often. Even I visit our 12-month plan. I visit our monthly plan, honestly, kind of every day. But monthly, I for sure go in and say, did this land the way I think it was? Did we spend more on electric than we thought? And then now we've fully integrated our QuickBooks to be able to look at some of that as well. So I continue to, like, I don't necessarily revisit the whole big document because some of that stuff, we're not in the need of it, but it's it's good to have it and it's good to update it. But I, I do update that probably once every two years. And that has a long-term implication. The reason why we say it's a working living document is because you should change it as a living mm-hmm. document. And if you do, it will work for you. Mm-hmm. Because if you ever need to, let's say you want to expand. And, and we have. you go to your bank and say, I need and more money. <laughs> we need, we have more customers that want to use us than we have space. We, or we are selling out our product and we can't manufacture more. Whatever the case may be, you need to be able to prove that. And you prove that with continual updates. You say, well, we had a projection of an 8% growth our first year and we did 28. And our second year, we had a 15% growth and we hit 35. So you need to be able to say we have met or beat our projections every month or every year 
since we opened and now taking that and translating it into the future. It also would help you if you ever wanted to take on a business partner or if you ever wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. Having all of this information is not only going to put you in a better selling position or negotiating position with a new partner, but it will also give them certainty as they come on board or they buy your business, Mm -hmm. that they will be able to carry some of that forward into the future. And they'll be able to see the trends as Mm -hmm. well. And then three and five year, five years is such a loose, weird thing, but it is a good place to be. So you can kind of see where your debt's going to be paid off and things like that that make big differences in your bottom line. So one month, 12 month, three year, five year, keep those updated. The, The overall big document updated ever so often, maybe once a year, revisit it. We have a partnership here, a business partnership, so we talk about those things kind of ongoing. And then why? We kind of dotted in some whys of, of a business plan. I guess overall that would be getting funding, making well, it, a sale. On a very basic level, is this a good business idea? When you, when, How do you know? Before you start the business. And I've written many business plans that I never orchestrated because it just didn't it didn't suss out. It didn't work. It's really um, hard to know if an idea is a good one until you actually do the work to say, what would this business look like? How much would it cost to run? What would I have to charge? How many customers would I need? How many months or years would I have to stay in business in order to start mm-hmm. making a profit? Right. Yeah. What's your return on your investment? Yeah. ROI. We're going to do a whole podcast on acronyms, I think. Yeah. M-O-M. <laughs> month over month. Okay. I-O-I. But as Sarita said, it's not just is vetting your business idea through a business plan. It's also seeking financing, either, I don't know what the word is, not professional financing, but traditional financing through a bank or slightly non-traditional financing through a family member or through a business partner or just an investor. It will also help you if you are feeling like you need to expand or, you know, your business has dipped and you're not entirely sure why, but, you know, you're nine months in, you know, to that 12-month projection and you've already beat your 12-month projection. So do you really need to be worried about this little downturn spell? It can really help you kind of manage your anxieties and insecurities and the natural fears and questionings that come up when you hit a slow point, but it also then provides you confidence when you go in for additional financing for expansion or even we're in a little bit of a money crunch because of the way payroll is structured or the time of the year that we're in. It can also provide a lot of confidence to your lender Mm -hmm. saying, yes, this is just a short term dip. And also then when you go to sell or transfer ownership to your kids or whatever you're going to be doing with your business. Even communicating with your employees. Yeah, or your employees. It can really help you consolidate your thoughts in that way. Writing one can be really overwhelming to people. And so I think the breakdown here of the different components is a great way to start. And I would honestly say executive statement last. Actually, that is a summary of say. everything. Yeah. So, yes, uh, I would say it's kind of a how to eat an elephant. It feels big and daunting. and But if you take each of these pieces and just do a little bit at a time, and I would start with your projections. Ooh, see, I would start with competitive landscape. Oh. How do you even know what the projections are going to be if you don't know what the landscape is? See, look how different we are. Well, I do. I would postulate that the projections actually le- lead you to looking at these other items actually lead you to do the research in the competitive landscape so you know how to put that. So maybe I'm saying start with your projections so you know where to research 
and then competitive landscape. Your resume is probably going to be the easiest point. The executive station statement, actually, after you put all these pieces in place, just sit down and write. Mm-hmm. Just write. And write the summary of, ev- of all these other what, pieces that you did. Yeah, you, you know what you've, you've had your hands in it now. Um, now sit down and write what you think is going to happen based on all of this research you've done. So um, executive statement, competitive landscape, resume of ownership, marketing plan, projections. Assets, capital, documentation. Even if you don't have anything, what are you going to buy? Yeah, That's even the big thing. Not necessarily, you probably aren't starting with much, but what are you going to be buying Mm -hmm. with this money? Mm -hmm. Which is also helpful when you do financing because, you know, they like those tangible assets. They would certainly much rather you buy a tangible asset Mm -hmm. than just pay an employee. And an offshoot of this episode next week, we're actually going to talk to a local banker and really break down how to get financing and what a lender needs to work with a small business. And we're really excited about this because not every bank is well-situated or has the right ideology or mind frame when it comes to starting businesses. It is tough to get traditional financing because you don't have a lot to go off of, especially if you are a first-time business owner. So we're really excited that this banker has the time and the ability to come in and talk to us because what they do is something that is sorely needed in Norman, and it's not something that all banks do well. And sometimes banks do it poorly, and then they get burned by it, and then they just don't do it again rather than figuring out how to do it right. So we're really looking forward to that, really plumbing his knowledge and trying to build upon this for the next step, which is how do you get the money for what you need? You are so lucky if you already have it, but if you don't. If you don't. And (laughs) and one of the things I would say is if, if this all seems daunting or if you're thinking that you would like to start a business, but you just want to go get a building and build out a front desk for whatever it is you, because that's actually what I wanted to do to begin with. But uh, to actually sit down and write that, even if the idea that you are thinking at this moment does not come up, write it, sit down and write it down. Even if it's your back of the napkin Mm -hmm. business plan, go ahead and write that down and it'll help you start formulating those thoughts. And I get in the habit of, and okay, here's a weird habit that I have. If I think up a business, which we're constantly, Kate and I are learning this about each other. We're constant. We actually have to tamp down our, our starting business like muscle because it's we, we're a little crazy. But um, I buy the domain name and I write a business plan. And so my computer's full of business plans. I write business plans for other people. I write business plans for businesses that never happen. Well, that was actually going to be my next point is if you're struggling with whether or not you think your idea is a good one or you're struggling to write the business plan to help inform you whether or not the idea you have is a good one, talk to people you know and who you trust and who ask good questions and kind of help you figure that out. Because I think that that's one of the reasons why you and to a lesser extent, I have been approached by people Mm -hmm. is because they see what we do. They know what we do. They hear us talk enough about our businesses, sometimes with a false sense of authority and sometimes just with authority about (laughs) some of the things that we do. And so they come to us and say, well, I took this class on writing business plans, but I'm still struggling. And that Mm -hmm. seems to be what we hear a lot, which is I sought out kind of that professional resource to help me write a business plan and I'm still stuck. So a a good resource is SBA.org. There's sample business plans on there. And uh, even if you just go in and do like your ninth grade history test and copy and just change a few of the words. (laughs) And if you are lucky enough to live in a community that has these types of resources available, 
that's not ours, unfortunately. But if you happen to live, there are some communities even around us that are kicking our butts in terms of helping support the entrepreneurial spirit of their residents. And so if you are lucky enough to live in one of these communities, look at your local economic development entity. Typically, it's through the city or some kind of partnership with the city and the Chamber of Commerce. Some chambers of commerce are also better at this than others Mm -hmm. and will offer assistance, not just a class that 50 people take where you come in and get, again, the general overview of how to write a business plan, but some one-on-one guidance about what resources to seek out to help inform you on the competitive landscape or how to structure spreadsheets for projections. There There are opportunities for you if you live in a community that is not this one. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk bad about the city of Norman, but in my opinion that this is something that we need to do better. We can do better, which I think we us too we are would like to trying to fill that gap a little bit. And I you know, join a networking group uh, so you can find a mentor that can guide you in that way. Or heck, um, even just start just start propositioning people in that way. <laughs> I've like, done that too. Will you be my mentor? Yeah. Will you be my mentor? <laughs> <laughs> like a like a little sad duckling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. really, when it comes down to it, just be ballsy enough to ask. If you don't have good available resources that are just open and accessible to you, find the person in your community that is doing it the way you want to be doing it and talk to them. And go talk to them. Just Absolutely. talk to them and say, I want to do this. It's either in your industry or not, but you look like you know what you're doing. And if you do, talk to me. You know, funny, I had a, I got a text one night several years ago and it's a guy that I, I partner with now and he said, I want to buy your business. I'm not even kidding. And after I talked to him for a little while, I realized because I said, okay, it's for sale. Everything's for sale, you know, and we met and kind of I kind of hammered out that he really was just saying that he respected what I was doing and kind of wanted to know more about what I was doing. And so now we rent a building from him for our coffee business. So it was it was a good relationship. And and I loved I loved being, you know, told that my business was great and that how are you doing it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I, I feel like if anybody came to me and said, Hey, I'm, I would love for you to mentor me. I'm, I'm all in. I'm trying, I'll try. Like I would I never turn anyone away no. who just wanted advice or guidance. <clears throat> Frankly, even if it was within my industry, although if you happen to have someone who is not in your industry, who talk to them first. Yeah, that's but, probably better. But, but I would never turn <clears throat> someone away who just wants to know how to get started or they yeah. hit a block and they can't figure out how to get around it. Or maybe they can't get around it and they just need to know that. But I mean, I have even just talked out, almost talked out a business plan with someone and she just had it. She was like, I want to buy this business. They closed. I want to, I want to buy it. And then started mm-hmm. thinking about it. I'm like, well, Okay, maybe that's not the best. But at least then there's not this sense of longing of why didn't I pursue it? I mean, Mm -hmm. she... She She had a good... A good solid no. <laughs> yeah, it was a good I always solid say, no. No isn't my, you know, no is an answer sometimes, and and that's okay. Um, you'd rather know now than after you put absolutely a hundred thousand dollars into it or some crazy absolutely. thing. And then I guess just to wrap this up because we're we're done here. Continue to follow us on Roar and Peace Project. Uh, we'll have some exciting podcasts coming up with guest speakers, uh, a little more technical data information, I guess. And then also some information on our nonprofit and what where we're going with that. Yeah, it's almost a new decade who dis kind of thing. We yeah. are we feel like we have a voice here kind of on the business side that we want to keep doing, but we also have an interest in better supporting women 
in our community in any number of ways. So this year we will be pursuing the Roar and Peace Foundation to start being able to do things in our community to support women in ways that our city simply doesn't have the resources to and that our state does not. And so we're going to kind of uh, Gemini split personality this, I think, a little bit and kind of have our cake and eat it too and... So if you have any thoughts about that or have a guest speaker that you'd like to hear from, you can send us an email at roaringpeaceproject at gmail.com.